Hey, Jake, this is Jake Roberts here, and I'm picking it out with Andrew Pope. Well, it's just another podcast, picking it out. Ain't no telling what kind of shit we're gonna talk about. Got the WWE Hall of Famer, Jake the Snake Roberts in the house. And we're picking it out. Wow. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Try not to break my guitar. Well, hey, y'all. Appreciate y'all tuning in once again. Uh, y'all just keep on coming back and uh, really appreciate that. And my name's Andrew Pope. And uh, real excited today. We've got one of my favorites of all time. Uh, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. That court's in the way. And just just a one-of-a-kind uh, persona, character. It, you know, he did promos that really stuck with me. And I know a lot of y'all, too. And... Uh, Glad to talk to him, Mr. Jake Roberts. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, Andrew. Just just wonderful. Man, I'm I'm so glad that you're uh doing good and you know, I know if just a few years ago you probably couldn't have sit there and said no. that. No. It's been a while, but um uh, I haven't forgotten those days and I never want to. You know, if you forget them, you've got a tendency to go back to them, and that's something I never want. But, uh, yeah, I, if somebody would have bet me, wanted me to bet that I'd be here today, no way in hell, you know. Uh, I'm so grateful that uh, Dallas spent the time with me. And, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. It was hard. And, um you know, he gave me he gave me the vehicle, but I had to run that son of a bitch, and I had to do the work. And that's what some people forget sometimes. You know, just because you go into a rehab or a rehab situation doesn't mean that you're going to be clean when you come out. If you don't do the work, and if you're not ready to do the work, or if you're not ready to get clean, it ain't happening. And uh, unfortunately, the disease. Is so friggin' powerful, you know, and uh, to call it anything other than a disease would be just stupid, you know, because I've never met anybody in jail or rehab that said, you know, Jake, when I was a kid, my dream was to grow up and become an addict and an alcoholic. Woo, I made it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Nobody dreams of this shit, you know. You don't, uh, you don't embrace that. But then when it happens to you, it's too damn late. Mm -hmm. It's too late, man, because the claws are stuck in you. And unless you have a unique situation to get you out of it, you will not come out of it. They bury them every damn day, man. And uh, that's why I'm out here now telling people that you can beat it. And... uh, I'm willing to give you some guidance with it. I'm willing to be there for you. 
as much as possible because addiction doesn't affect just one person. When it attacks the family, the whole family goes down. Yeah. You know, not just the person using, but the mama goes down, the daddy goes down, the brothers, the sisters, the aunts, the uncles, everybody takes a hit. And uh, not counting the friends and acquaintances, the jobs that you grew up. And, yeah, the list goes on and on, man, the effects of it. So we need to... Uh, we need to support our brothers, man. And uh, I think if everybody took a minute, they could think of somebody they know that's having a problem with it. And uh, if you can, why aren't you helping? That's yeah. my question. Yeah, I just, I just lost mama uh, at an early age in her fifties mm. last year. Mm. Uh, cirrhosis. Just damn. Couldn't, just couldn't kick it. Just you know. Uh-oh. I know, and, man. Uh, I've I've talked about it so much on here that people are probably tired of hearing about it. But uh, I didn't know about the disease part of it, like you just said, until yeah. she started going to AA meetings and, yeah. and really trying. And it is a disease. Oh, damn right it is, man. Damn right it is. It's right up there with cancer, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, the, the amount of damage that it does to our economy. I mean, it affects the whole world. Christ. You know, thank God the Russians are number one. You know, they're the number one on, on alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Guys keep that number one position. That's fine with me. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a amazing, really, how it can like with hers, I'm speaking yeah. for, uh, you know, it's it, how it took a hold of her life, how it changed her over time. Yeah. She got to where, man, she wouldn't eat, yeah. you know, just uh, wake up, pop a beer, yeah, 20 beers in. And I mean, she wasn't that damn big around. Oh, you know? yeah. And, and you just, drink, you kill yourself. I, yeah. I, I had the, my first rehab that I went to. About halfway through it, they brought this old fella in, uh, 70-something years old, just mumbled all the time. That was it. We're like, man, this guy is fried. He was fried. But then we found out his history, man. This guy, he went to school and became a doctor. And after 20 years, he couldn't handle listening to the people tell him what's wrong. Mm. He just got fed up here. Because you'd tell them what to do, and they wouldn't do it, and they'd wonder why. So he really went goofy and went into the psychological end of it, went back to school, and got that doctorate. You guys got two doctorates now, okay? Mm. And he just couldn't deal with it again. Went back to school and became an archaeologist. God. And he, he spent the next 15 years traveling the world, doing digs and stuff. He was a fun- functioning alcoholic. When he finally went down, he went down coming out of a liquor store carrying a case of vodka. 
They went to his house and found out just how bad he was. In his house, he had IVs set up Hmm. to feed him because his bowels had already shut down. He was literally shitting out of his mouth. He would just regurgitate and come out. He stuck the IV in at night just to keep himself alive. That's how he fed himself because he couldn't eat. And we wonder just how insane we can get. I, I know I know some of the insanity that I did, uh, stealing a car, having guns shoved in my face, and uh, just talking shit, didn't care. Hoped, I, was, I think I was hoping they would shoot me. Yeah. I just, uh, I was fed up with life. I didn't want to live anymore, man. And it's a horrible, horrible place to be. I, I think about it today. I'm like, damn, Jake, how did you get so friggin' bad? You know, it boggles your mind, man. It is really troubling. But yet, I'll see some young guy that I know, and uh, I see him struggling. I just shake my head. I'm like, oh, my God. There's a train wreck coming, and you don't even know it. You know, and uh, you try to give them some help, a little few words of wisdom. and They just like I was. They were smarter than everybody else, you know. That's yeah. the attitude you get. You, you mm-hmm. blow people off because uh, you're not going to blow away what you love. And the only thing you'll wind up loving is your drug. Mm-hmm. Or your alcohol, whatever, or your food, whatever the addiction is. When I say addiction, it covers a lot more than just booze and, and drugs. Yeah. It can be anything from food to sex to, I don't know, yeah. watching television. Jesus yeah. Christ. Playing video games. How many, how many kids are addicted to video games? Absolutely. What's that doing for them? Mm-hmm. They're sitting on their asses in a house not getting anything done. Mm-hmm. fantasizing right. about killing people yeah mm. and now they've made it so easy because you've got these damn virtual reality things where you yeah. actually got a sticky damn arm yeah, out man. and go like this and yeah. at a young age I can't imagine growing yeah. up with those kind of things man well we teach our children well don't we <laughs> <laughs> man. roll on man roll yeah. on you're 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 a true inspiration, you know. To should be to anybody that'll is not too stubborn to pay attention. Yeah, you know, uh, and it, it's a great thing that you are willing to discuss and to help people and to talk about it yeah. because well, that's that's probably got to be a hard thing, you know, at times. No, at times it gets a little catchy, but uh. It's what keeps me sober, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we tend to uh, want to block things out of our minds that's painful. And that's just a human reaction. You don't stick your hand in a fire because that burns. Well, yeah. you know, you don't want to talk about this stuff because it hurts. But I found out that if you can get past that little bit of, oh, my God, here I am talking about myself again, you can help people. And if you help people, you would be blown away by just how good it makes you feel in the end. 
you know, there, there's nothing, there's not a better high in the world, man, than uh, helping somebody that sincerely needs help. And uh, I reach out quite a bit, but not enough. I'll never reach out enough. There's always one more out there that needs to hear something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I see, good God, man, we went up to Gatlinburg here a while back and took the family up there and grandkids and rented a big old cabin. And, but, man, we went into town and Gatlinburg is just infested with tweakers, you mm. know. Crystal meth people, man. And, uh, good God, man. I, I seen a girl that might have weighed 80 pounds. And just, you know, her hands were fidgeted and her hair. And, 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 and I'm like, yeah. my God, look at this. Look at this. How can this be happening? How can all these people standing in line looking around not notice this person and help her? There you go. <laughs> there you go, man. It's uh, I wants to get involved. No, I mean, I see that more and more. Uh, just going to the damn gas station. Oh yeah. And used to, you would not see that kind of thing so no, close man. to home. No, man, they're everywhere, bro. It, it's uh, it's bad. That's a nasty ass drug that uh. I guess the only good thing about it is it kills you pretty fast, <laughs> you know, faster yeah. than alcohol. And, but, uh, man, what a way to go. Jesus, Lord, please. Oh, uh, you know, for anybody that's watching this too, I highly encourage you to go check out the resurrection of Jake, the snake. No, appreciate it. Uh, I've watched that three or four times and, Man, it, it's just so well put together. Of course, we've had Dallas on, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, he, we've talked about it with him. And uh, y'all have got a podcast now, DDP yeah. Snake Pit. Yeah. And I love that, too. Yeah, we have fun on it, man. And, uh, you know, I've been wanting to do one for probably 20 years, and uh, even before I got clean. Can't imagine what that would have sounded like. But anyway. <laughs> It, yeah. it gave me something to reference anyway. Yeah. Uh, I keep that. I've, I've been trying to flush that down the toilet. But anyway, uh, we finally decided to do it. And uh, we just try to enjoy ourselves on it. And uh, I get to be a fan. You know, I get to express how I feel about some people, whether it be a Ricky Steamboat or a Kurt Henning or whoever, you know, Razor Ramon. Uh, yeah. We get to talk about the things that are near and dear to our heart and um and we can bring up issues that we want to bring up so uh if you want a wild ride come on over and see us and uh expect the unexpected from us that's all i'm gonna tell you uh, you might hear an f-bomb now and then but hell it ain't gonna hurt nothing <laughs> that's, that's a great show uh i appreciate that highly encourage everybody to go check that out too and watch you know, the I'm, uh, documentary you know we do got the show going I'm, I'm coming up with a website for fans and uh to get memorabilia signed that they have and uh 
you know, taking out the middleman. You know, sometimes, man, I have to deal with these people too, folks. So, uh, and they're crooks. You know, <laughs> they really are. I mean, they, they want to make, they, they bring stuff to me to sign and they want to make more out of it than me. Yeah. And I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. But uh, I'm trying to stop it. And one of the ways to stop it is to uh, put things out there available for, to all the fans and uh, at a decent price. And uh, I guarantee I'm going to sign the some bitches, you know. So, you know, uh, you know, I do cameos too. That gives me a place to talk. I'm fixed to start doing reels. Uh, I find that very interesting. I'm just going to have to really watch myself because I might get inspired sometime and put one out there that I might have held off on, you know, <laughs> and I'll probably wind up biting my damned head off and getting myself in trouble. But I try to speak my heart, man, because uh, if you're not speaking your heart, it's just bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's just bullshit. And, and you know, uh, people know too. Oh yeah. People oh, yeah. see the difference, man. They smell it. And, uh, I don't want to play that game. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, on reels, uh, basically doing my comedy show and just putting it on reels, you know, and uh, awesome. letting a lot of damn people enjoy it instead of just a uh, hundred or so that are in a room. Because I'm, I'm finding out that uh, it takes a lot of damn work to travel this old country and uh, go to rooms that hold 150 people and, uh, and do all the setup work and the, the logistics of it. And then you travel and you got this and that and the bad food. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. you know, and, uh, I blame Dallas for that because you know, he's gotten me to realizing what's good for me and what's bad for me. And, you know, if you listen to your body, your body tells you what's good and what's not, you know. But uh, most of us just don't want to listen. That's right. Uh, I'm one of them. I'm one of them, too, man. <laughs> I remember my uncle of mine, he had a heart attack, and uh, they went in and hell. They told him, they said, if you didn't have the disposition that you do, because he was one of these guys that talk real slow. I mm. mean, lightning would not make this so much jump. <laughs> he just did not move. He was turtle. And uh, I can't imagine that some bitch having sex. I mean, it's got to be in slow motion. <laughs> No, but anyway, I feel for my head. My head now. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I asked him afterwards. He because he had blockage like in three arteries, and nearly nearly a hundred percent. They're like, we don't know how the hell you're alive. God. They they literally pulled him off of a stress machine and got his ass on the table and opened him up. That's how bad it was. Anyway, uh, I asked him afterwards. I said, well, what's going on now, man? The diet. I said, how, how are you dealing with that diet, knowing what to eat and what not to eat? He said, hell, it's easy. If I like it, I can't fucking have it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, that's, that's basically the way it is, you know. And, uh, yeah. I told my wife one day, you know, she makes like all this southern food, best oh, food Lord. ever. And I said, you know, what's the point in damn eating if you can't enjoy it? Yeah. But, you know, I, I get know. it. I get it. I know, man. I mean, yesterday I, I spent eight hours over the smoker. Oh yeah, doing a prime rib and uh, threw a couple of chickens on for dessert. Nothing you wrong know, with that. And, uh, I'm into the meat fest, but uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it and uh, I love it. I love the smell that it leaves in my house. Yes, and 
that's that. So I'll probably do it again, you know. But, uh, you know, we're out there, man. You know, I'm doing Comic-Cons and stuff. Uh, I've got a couple movies in the project. You know, we're coming towards that. Just a lot of good things going on. And uh, I, I just... It just blows me away to, to, to remember where I was 12 years ago. Yeah. 12 years ago, I was dying, begging for a hit off a friggin' pipe. Mm. And yes. uh, that's the devil's playground, brother. I mean, uh, you'll trade your soul for that drug. You'll, you'll commit any foul that you can think of. You'll, you'll commit the sickest shit just to get that hit off that pipe. Something that you have never done sober. And uh, it, it breaks my heart, man, when I, I think about how people get addicted to it and, and can't get off of it. But there is hope out there, and the, the way you do it is one step at a time. Reach out for A people, man. Reach out to me. I'll be there for you. You know, I don't have the cure. You are the cure. You've got to do the work. And the hardest thing to do probably is making that decision you want to change. And, of course, the next hardest thing is realizing you can't hang out with the same damn people you used to hang out with. And you can't go to the same places you used to go. Um, One of the things that helped me get sober was cutting up my driver's license. You know, how does that help? Well, I'll tell you. I knew that if I got in that car by myself, there's a possibility, a strong one, that I was going to wind up in the wrong place mm-hmm. and doing the wrong thing. So I took that out of the equation. And then the next thing I did was, okay, I cannot leave this house without having somebody with me that's sober and clean. Well, that got expensive for me. Because I'm trying to go back to work, and now I got to pay this guy's airfare and his hotel and his food to go on this trip with me, so I can work. Mm. So yes, that that cut about half the money out. But the question was, Jake, do you want him bad enough to do this? Well, yes, I do. I, I'll give you all my money if I could just get clean and so. Wow. You can have it all, man. It don't mean a damn thing to me. If it did, I'd hold on to it. And obviously, whenever I quit using, my drug dealer went into a panic. <laughs> he, he thought he was going under, you know, because uh, Jake's quit using. Holy shit, there's, there's 2000 a week. Oh, my God, how do I take that in? Well, I'm sorry, buddy, but that's just the way it happened. Shame on you for doing that shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. But, that's powerful. A lot of things you can do to get there, man. And uh, you got to be real. And uh, the other hardest thing, because there's a lot of hard things you got to do, is talking about the shit you don't want to talk about. You know, uh, sometimes it gets pretty deep. Sometimes it can get really personal. And usually there's a lot of shame involved. You know, remember this, folks. Shame is something that you do to yourself. You understand that? In other words, you can't shame me. I have to choose to be ashamed. Yeah. You know, that feeling. I have to bring it and say, man, I should be ashamed of myself. You ever hear your mama say, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. 
Mm-hmm. Something oh, yeah. you have to do to yourself. So don't do it. Right. And the way you don't do it is, is you expose that to the light. Other words, quit hiding that shit in your in your closet. You got to bring it out, set it on the table, pick it apart, say, hey, here's what was going on in my head. This reason I did it, right or wrong. Yeah. And explain it to yourself so you understand where you took the wrong step. Yeah. But you got to show it to other people. Why do I have to do that? Because that's the only way it works. If you keep it hidden, it don't work. If you expose it to the light, it takes the tool away from that offender. They yeah. can no longer try to bring that up and make you feel ashamed because you told everybody in the fucking world about it. Yeah. You know? Uh, those are the things you got to do. And the other thing is, is I'm putting those goddamn cigarettes away finally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got my rubber band around my wrist. I even put a little toy on it. It's a paper clip. That way, whenever I want to zap myself, oh, not to do that damn stupid shit. That does it, huh? I take it away. I take it away. Because you hit yourself long enough with that damn paper clip, and you'll forget about that goddamn cigarette. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, I have somebody give me this, and uh, I'm using it. I've also got a ink pen. I've taken the shaft out of it, and I I puff on it like a cigarette, look like a goddamn fool. But I don't mind looking like a fool if I can still breathe. Exactly. You know, and that's the insanity of addiction. I've got COPD. I've got other lung issues. My mother, God bless her, she gave me two diseases there's no cure for, and they're lung diseases. And I still smoked for 50 years. Mm. What the F is wrong with me? Man. That's addiction, folks. Sat for a month later. Well, hey, y'all. Uh, it's been about, I think it's about eight months to the day. And uh, we had a little we had a little difficulty, technical difficulties and scheduling stuff, try to get back together after that, but... Here we are. We're back. <laughs> we're better, probably got huh? better late than never. Right. We probably got a little more beard or less beard or more mustache or less mustache or hair is a little longer or shorter. I don't know. It just fell out. <laughs> well, man, I got to tell you, uh, them them damn uh, them biographies that A and E's been doing have been yeah. just. So good. And I watched yours the other night. Me and my wife both did. Yeah. And man, it was just, I think it was the best one. And I love the little, the tight shots that they got of you, the, uh, cutting the little promos, like only you could do that. Yeah. And it yeah. added so much to it. What, what do you think about watching that? I thought it was sweet, man. It, it came out really, really good. It was, um, uh, you know, there were some tough subjects and stuff, but, you know, it is what it is. It's my life. But uh, it's therapy for me now to watch it. So it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Man, you've helped so many people uh, through, like yeah. we said before, the resurrection of Jack the Snake that you did with Dallas. Uh, man, you know, this biography is just right up there with it, the way it was put together. 
And you know, is it, uh, is it, I, I feel like the difference in you, I, I can see just because you can sit there and you can watch that stuff. I feel like the old you couldn't bear to watch some of that stuff. My no, I couldn't, I couldn't have uh, stomached it for sure. It was just, it would have been way too emotional for me. But now, you know, I'm in a spot where I've accepted what happened and I've done what I need to with it. I picked it apart, chewed it up, swallowed it, and now it's gone. It's just history now. Yeah. God bless you, man. Uh, really, Appreciate really, really happy that you're you're in a place where you're happy. Oh, I am, man. Over the top. You know, I've always wondered, you've just had the gift of gab, as they say. Mm -hmm. uh, where do you think you really, where do you, where did, where did that come from? The thought of just speaking softly, but just eye contact with the camera. Like we hadn't seen that. And I know you've talked about that before, but where do you think you, is that just natural to you when you started it, out? It is natural to me, but I think where it came from is from being a youngster and having to face stuff that wasn't cool. And I had to learn to lie. You know, and I, had, I had to learn to look and look people in the face and stare it down. You know, and hold that and hold that posure, composure. Because if I didn't do it the right way, something bad was going to happen to me. So, definitely learning how to lie was a lot of it. Because you, when you know when you're doing an interview, you got to believe the interview you're doing if you're going to make it really good. You gotta believe it. Whatever you're saying, you've got to believe it. So that's kind of how I did it. And the, the low voice—that's just necessity because uh, when I was like 21 or 22, I was wrestling, and a guy dropped a knee in my throat and it crushed my voice box. And uh, ever since then, this is all I can get. I can't yell. If, even if I wanted to. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Who was that? Do you remember? Bob Roop. Okay. Man. So it just kind of, I never, I never knew about that. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. This is, this is all, all the voice I have. <clears throat> well, you know, you just, you have a way with words and you know, I'm a songwriter and I yeah. really respect that kind of thing. Oh, uh, y'all guys, man, y'all could just get out there and just cut the promos and just, you know, like you said, make you believe it. Yeah. That's the key to success, man. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have come up to you over the years. A lot of wrestlers that have made it big, you know, that grew up on you and your work telling you how that was different from everything else back then. Oh, yeah, I was totally. Completely different, man. No screaming here, no yelling, low tones, changing the level of my voice. Um, that's all a part of it, you know, whispering at, at times mm -hmm. that make people really listen. Well, you know... <coughs> 
WrestleMania three. <clears throat> yeah. My God. Uh still it's just still unbelievable to this day. Uh, I can't imagine that atmosphere. Oh, it was insane, man. And, uh, you know, we put 94,000 in that building without cell phones, without multi, you know, without, um, uh, computers and, uh, emails. And so it's pretty amazing. We put that many people in that building, but we did. And when you went out to the ring, they put you on that scissor lift that lifted you up in the air. Yeah. And my skin was literally crawling. And the hair was just standing on ends and vibrating, you know, just from the buzz in the the air. It was breathtaking, no doubt. What what about Alice Cooper? It was too much of a rush, he said. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, he was scratching my arm because he was going down. I grabbed him. I said, what's wrong with you? He's like, too much rush. Too much. <laughs> okay. Was he a fan? Yes. I've heard that. Yeah, he was, man. Huge fan. He, uh, did you get to spend any time with him besides yeah. that? Not really a whole, not not enough, but I talked to him, you know, a little bit here and there, and then after Mania, that was it. Yeah, but I've ran into him several times since then. I heard he likes to play golf. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's a scratch golfer. Yeah, and he he had one of the coolest shows back in the day. Oh, no doubt. People just don't even realize. He was doing he was doing all this shit without without the help of computers and uh yeah and all of it man he's doing it live oh yeah and he's still just as solid I think as ever yep yep yeah he can still go out there and stroke it up man and uh, roll it around and run it the way he wants to man yeah no doubt did you ever come go ahead I'm sorry. It's just pretty amazing. Yeah. I've always wondered, uh, you know, if you ever came across Waylon or George Jones or Hank Jr. or anything like that, Willie. Willie a couple of times. Yeah, he was at uh, WrestleMania 7. Yeah. And I had a chance to talk to him. Of course, I talked to Donald Trump, too, quite a bit. And, um, Talked to his girlfriend at the time, Marla Maples. <laughs> she told me, she pulled me aside. She was, I got somebody that wants to, to get with you. I'm like, get with me. She goes, yeah, just a one-nighter. One time, no questions asked, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, are you kidding me? And she goes, yeah, I'm serious. Goes, they just want to do you one time. I'm like, oh, my God. So she digs in her purse and she pulls out a picture of this woman. She's pretty hot. I'm like, damn. She's pretty hot. And she goes, yes, yeah, my mom. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you. <laughs> Your mother. 
only only if I can do you both at the same time. Oh. <laughs> that was cold, man. <laughs> uh, Trump, he wouldn't have minded, probably. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> was he a fan too? Oh yeah, Don? yeah, of wrestling. Yeah, no doubt. Man, that's they had all kinds of celebrities there. Uh, oh yeah, for a long time. Yeah. Oh, uh, Leslie Nielsen was there one year. Uh, Ozzy. Ozzy. Of course, uh, Regis Philbin and yeah, people yeah. like that. Ozzy, did you ever, was you there when Ozzy was there? Yeah. 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 Pamela Anderson. <laughs> of course she was there. <laughs> Any uh, conversation with Ozzy? No, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, man. He kind of uh, stayed hid. Yeah. Ain't, ain't his first rodeo, for sure. Yeah. No. God, no. Uh, yeah, I always thought it was interesting that you were so scared of snakes. Yeah. Uh, because, my God, you would have never known. I mean, as a kid and I'm watching, I mean, you'd have never known. Like, I would have thought you slept with them and had them, you know, all the time and everything. No, I'm terrified of, of them except when the bell rings. When the bell rings, that inner character comes out. I become Jake, and Jake's not afraid of shit. I don't care. I don't care. That's basically my feeling. I don't care. And um, <clears throat> I go out and handle them, do whatever I have to do. But as soon as that, but that second bell rings and I get past that curtain, just get that son of a bitch off of me. You know, <laughs> put it off and get it away. You still are to this day, man, after yep. all these years. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Don't like them, man. They freak me out. Did you ever have any one of them, like a bad experience or one of them? Yeah. I had one in um, Indianapolis that got around my neck and choked me up in the the ring. I was fighting Steamboat, and I had the stake around my neck, and I was hitting Steamboat. And all of a sudden, I seen car lights coming. I'm like, what the hell? And that's all I remember. I went out. Oh, and man. Steamboat looked at it, and he realized what was going on, and he unraveled the snake and got him off my neck. Wow. How did he kill me? My God. You know, and I've had him bite me and bite the other guys, too. I had one bite Andre in the shoulder. Broke two fangs off in him. He didn't even know it. <laughs> he was scared of him, too, wasn't he? No, he wasn't scared of shit. No, Andre wasn't. No, he just played it up. <laughs> no, I know Randy Savage. That was a big thing. Definitely afraid of him. <laughs> you watch that back, man. That's still brutal to watch. Just the oh, camera just one of my favorite times. Yeah, that's the camera was just tied on his arm, boy. Yeah, so was the snake. <laughs> the snake, yeah. <laughs> well, you did what he, I mean, you did what he asked. That yeah. Day, you know, he come in and he wanted it to bite you, I think, didn't he? Yeah, that was the only way you'd do it is it had to bite me first. 
So jerked up my pant legs and let him go ahead and bite me. And as soon as he let go, Randy's like, all right, don't take no pills, don't take no antidotes, no elixirs. You know, don't take nothing, man. I want to see what it does to you. After about 15 minutes, he's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll do it. Uh, he was he was always in character, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, man. Freak out. <laughs> Just he's one of my one of my favorites, along with you. Oh uh, yeah. Growing up, man. Just what a character he was. Yes, sir. Well, did you ever think after all these years that uh you and Vance would be on good terms again? <sighs> No, not really. And, uh, you know, we're, you just got to understand where Vince comes from. He comes from, it's just business. He doesn't take anything personal. It's all business. You know, and he doesn't want you to take anything personal either, which I have a hard time doing. You know, when you're affecting my life the way that he did, you're not damn right it's personal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Break, but uh, that I try not to think about Vince McMahon. <laughs> hey, the truth anytime things spent thinking about him is wasted time. Mm. Well, you're what you're doing with AEW now is mm. awesome. Well, uh, thank you. I, I really just, like AEW, man. I'm digging it. Yeah, yeah, they got a good thing going, man. If they don't screw it up, that's right. But I don't think, no, I think that Tony Khan is probably one of the greatest minds I've ever met. Really? Yeah, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable. He definitely has started something with that. Oh, yeah. He's got the wheels rolling pretty good now. Are you enjoying that pretty good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it because I'm now I'm part of the team that goes out and does uh, things for the community whenever we come into town, whether it's uh, handing out food or uh, going to a hospital or, or even going bowling with a bunch of fans. You know, I'm, I'm one of the guys that does that. Oh. So I, I enjoy that a lot because I get to get up front and tight with the fans. I enjoy talking to the fans. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you got a lot of, not only uh, inspiration, you know, to, to draw from as far as what you've accomplished, but also what you've overcome. Yeah. It's just amazing, man. Yeah, it is, man. Uh, if somebody would have told me 20 years ago that I was going to get clean and sober, I'd have laughed at them. You know, in hell, man, it'll never happen because I tried. I tried many times to get sober, and it just didn't work. Yeah. It finally did. God, am I thankful. And what do you think that it really was that just finally stuck with you? I mean, why Dallas? Well, I think it was a combination of DDPY yoga and getting in a routine of doing that every morning. And once I did that, my body calmed down. It quit 
It quit. I got rid of the jitters. I got rid of everything. Because my body released the endorphins that it needed. It made me happy. And once that happened, I felt like I'd accomplished something that day. So that's that's what I give it to. I give it to doing the, the, the yoga, calming me down. It, it really is something. If you've never tried the DDPY, uh, Dallas is a friend of mine. You know, I went out there and he gave me a one-on-one session and I said, all right, kick my ass now pretty good. I really want to know what this feels like. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. God almighty. Yeah, and then some. <laughs> Man, yeah, it was insane, intense. Yes, sir. Well, uh, you know, another thing I've always wondered, and you may have talked about this before, I don't know, uh, after the King of the Ring with Austin, mm-hmm. did you know that's kind of where the Austin three sixteen thing came from? Right. Uh, did he ever come to you personally, no. kind of off the record? Really? No. Never did. Wow. Oh, uh, he thanked me many times, but you know, he never came to me before or right after and said anything. Mm. Well, I mean, that was everything for him at that yeah. time, man. God. That was his launch. Um, I have a few fan questions here. Sure, let's if do that. Chris W. wants to know, where did you come up with the DDT, one of the best finishing moves in wrestling? Uh, it was by accident. You know, um, I had a guy front face locked with his head in between my arm and body. And I was squeezing him, and the guy that I had him, I had him, and he went to push me backwards, but he stepped on my foot at the same time. So when he did, we both went down. He went on his head. And uh, the people told me all I needed to know because they just went, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, what would what I do? You know? And the next night, I tried it again. And then I kind of learned how to, you know, taught myself how to do that, swinging the leg through and everything. And uh, once that happened, it was it was over, brother. One of the best moves, ever, one of the coolest moves ever. Yeah, the best. <laughs> uh, Matthew B., did you ever get revenge on Honky Tonk Man for smashing you with the non-rig guitar? No. And I probably won't. Uh, Scott H., did you initially know how bad Ricky Steamboat was hurt after you gave him the DDT outside of the ring? Yeah, I knew he was hurt immediately because he was knocked out completely. He was like a dead fish, man. Picking him up was so damned hard. Holy shit, 220 pounds of dead flesh, man. And I had to get him up and roll him in the ring. That fucking really killed me doing that. Mm. It was screwed up, man. I heard, I heard his head hit that thing, man. Sounded like a watermelon being thrown on pavement. Scared you to death, probably, didn't it? Yeah, I did. I thought I'd kill him. Mm. But I told him before it couldn't be done. He didn't listen. <laughs> Uh, my wife, Dana, 
ask any idea how many snakes you worked with throughout your career and was there one you were partial to or got attached to? Yeah, I went through probably 60 or 70 snakes. Wow. And uh, the one I got attached to is that big king cobra that bit Randy. Really? Yeah, I love that joker. What was different about it? Oh, he was just super cool, man. It was super cool. How long did you have it for? Oh, only about four or five months, and then he died. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't take the road. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Got one more from Gail S. All right. Are you at peace with yourself? I watched you on the WWE Legends biography, and you gave me a different perspective on life. Thank you for sacrificing your life for the love of wrestling and for your fans. I only hope that you are shown love and kindness and respect. I'm definitely at peace with myself, man. And, uh, I'm good. I can't get any better. I, I wouldn't know what to do if I got any better. I really wouldn't. Because <laughs> everything right now is just, uh, smooth and it all works. It all works. That's awesome, man. Man, I, I appreciate it. and uh, No problem. Glad we was able to get back together here. And uh, y'all be sure to check out the last week's episode with the legendary Jim Johnston we had on. That was a good episode. Ooh. And uh, appreciate y'all tuning in to Picking It Out. Make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Andrew Pope Music on YouTube so you don't miss anything. And appreciate y'all checking it out and we'll see you next time.